1: Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will bet you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game, your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: Finals time, spring racing, oh baby, ride me. How good is sport at this time of year? So much to be excited about, but because I'm a grumpy bastard, I'm going to start this week and just get something off my chest. And this is so not me. I'm not the agitator, I'm not the aggressor, but this needs to be said. 2023 will go down as the year, it seems, where most everyone in the media has to yell constantly, ...to have their voice heard. Every topic has got to be dramatised. Every topic has got to have the strongest possible opinion. Every topic has got to become an argument. It's a great way to get likes. It's a great way to get clickbait. But you're making yourselves look like dickheads. Fuck me. I can talk from experience because I've been in this game for 33 years. It has never been worse. In fact, this year it's gone to a whole new level. And I'm talking from experience... But not with authority, because unlike some of these dickheads on radio and TV, not all, but some... I actually understand the concept that my opinion is equal to yours and everyone else's. It's no more important. We've both got opinions, they can vary, and most of us can discuss issues without actually raising our voices. Basically, we can discuss issues and debate like adults. Fancy that. These fuckwits are trying to shove their opinions down our throats 24/7. They believe their opinion is worth more than ours. What bullshit you know what it is it's a fucking dick swinging contest rugby league media in 2023 there's ex-players desperately trying to remain relevant in retirement there's newer guys in the media who are trying to become relevant they think they're important or they think they should have a voice how about this shut the fuck up and leave it to the professionals Try to remain relevant and try to become relevant. It's out of control egos is what it is. Out of control egos and as big as I've seen in 33 years. I've worked with plenty of them. I bet you're thinking of a few guys right now. I am, but I don't feel like getting sued, so I won't mention them by name. But I will tell you this, and this is fact. The divisive ones, the ones yelling the loudest, they are also the problem. They're the leaks to the media. They're the dogs that whisper behind people's backs. They're the cowards that spread the rumours. They will get caught. They will get caught out. They'll get named and shamed. And I can't wait. Rant over. Ah, doesn't that feel better? Time for some good shit now. This is the Rugby League Superpod. You've been warned. versatility in a footballer it's a coach's dream but often it's the player's worst nightmare every player would love to find a spot and just run with it Luke Medcalf joins us mate is there an upside to being able to play more than one spot
2: yeah I think like um especially coming into first grade like it's probably a good thing like you always see um like a lot of players coming in like they debut off the bench or they debut somewhere and they just they debut not even in their preferred position. Like I was lucky I came on in the halves, yep. which is like the halves is my preferred position. Like yep. that's where I see myself in the future. And that's where, um, like I feel most comfortable playing cause mm. I played all my juniors. So, but I mean, I, I was a bit lucky. Like I came in, um, but i played a little bit of fullback, done a little bit of fullback, which is like, I, I enjoyed sort of, I feel like that helped my halves, um, yep. game actually like my running game. Like, as you see, I watching like, um, turbo and Teddy and guys like that. Um, just how they are around the ruck and mm. how they, um, sort of just sniff out opportunities. I felt like that actually when I went back to halfback, that actually helped my running game a little bit, just sort of scouring around for them sort of opportunities.
0: Did you play a bit um, of fullback maybe with feeder club Newtown with the Mighty Jets?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I did yep. say so, um, in 2021, I played most of my games at fullback, I think. And uh, I like, I did enjoy it. I do like, I think it's always good to sort of go somewhere else. Cause then you've got a different perspective when you go back to yeah. your preferred position. I think like I, thing I found sort of cause you know the fullback's sort of sweeping around the back and they're around the ruck. So you sort of know what they're seeing because you played there before. Mm, no. So um, yeah um but yeah I think I think it's a good thing, especially coming through the grades if you can like you get boys who might be like centers maybe can play a bit of back row or yep. they can play a bit of wing too. Like it gives them a few positions that they can slot into. So it gives them an increased chance at playing first grade like to come through the ranks.
0: Mate, odd question in the modern game when the halves are split and they're splitting every side to a left and a right is there any difference between a six and seven, or are they just playmaker left and right? I
2: think um I think it depends on like the sort of system you're in. Like um, there's a, like I think there's some teams who play like the traditional seven. Like sevens the one that runs as a team, and then um you sort of got the six and the one sort of sweeping around. Um, but then I think you probably get some teams and like no, like Nathan Cleary for pen, Penrith is similar. Mm. But I think you get some teams who'll probably yeah like just split left and right, and it's um it's probably like equal like to the five eight and half back where they're probably Yep. Um, probably got yep. the same responsibility, but um, I saw each like player and team probably has their own thing, cause it just a way that suits them. I reckon, um, but yeah, it's probably a bit different back in the day when you had the typical like halfback is the halfback yep. and he frigging he's like on the ball and he just follows the ruck and then the five eight just sort of works off him. I think it's yeah, it's changed a little bit, but yeah, I, I always like to see like how halfbacks are the dominant ones. Like that's mm. that's why I like I like watching players like that. It's um, it's cool. I like watching it.
0: Really cool, legend. Appreciate it. Chat again soon. Great. Thanks, Andy. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the Rugby League Superpod, the journey to first grade. For some, it just happens immediately from junior footy. For others, it can be a battle. It can be a real test of character for a young fella waiting for that one chance to do your thing. Joining us is a bloke who I thought excelled in the 20s first, then he travelled to a few different clubs, played New South Wales Cup, finally got his first grade shot last year, 2022. Zach Wolford, um, was it worth the wait, mate?
3: Yeah, it definitely was, mate. It's, um, it's been everything I expected and more. Um, yeah, super grateful that it, it, you know, it finally happened. And, you know, it's just, it was, it was I, I'd say it was a, a relief. I was obviously stoked to get it, it as just it was going to be one of those things where if it didn't happen i would probably never would have gotten over so yeah that's i've loved every minute of it and hopefully you know a few more games to come
0: you're all resilient bastards did you start doubting yourself did you doubt the opportunity would ever come um you know looking elsewhere for for other career paths
3: yeah yeah definitely mate um you know like, like you said like i I Played pretty good footy in the 20s, and I kind of just expected it to come. Mm. I, obviously, I knew there was hard work involved, and like it's not something I've ever shared from, but I thought it would happen sooner rather than later, and that didn't happen. So I went elsewhere, like went to the Bulldogs, and then had to go look for another opportunity after, you know, winning a, a New South Wales Cup competition yeah. with the Bulldogs. And, you know, I played quite well in, in those final games and still had to go elsewhere. So I went to Newcastle, and then I was pretty much told that you're not good enough to play an RL, and <laughs> someone there even they even said to me that I need to stop listening to my dad because he can be a bit biased, which is just crazy. But he's he's my toughest critic, and even down here, Ricky always says to me, "Make sure you're talking to your dad," and he can give you more than than I can. So, mm-hmm. yeah, to be told that, I just still blows my mind to this mm-hmm. day. But you know, once once those conversations happened, probably a quarter of the way through my Newcastle year, I was yeah, I was I didn't think I was ever gonna you know quite crack it, and then had to go back part time, and COVID hit, and we missed two years of that comp, so. It was, look I was I was pretty much done I was looking you know at areas or channels that could lead me into the racing industry and you know see how far I could go in that because it's something I quite enjoy as as we've spoken about and I felt like it was something that I was you know quite good at as well so yeah this year it, it came out of nowhere and it's not something I expected would happen and You know, now I've just got to make the most of this. You know, it was a last opportunity for me, and and luckily I uh, capitalised on that and I get to hang around for a bit longer.
0: I actually reckon there's maybe another 20 or 30 guys that I think could follow in your path, guys playing Q Cup or New South Wales Cup, that just need that one shot. They're ready. Do you agree?
3: Mate, 100%. It's uh, it's just this new day and age. Like, you get past, like, the age of 22 and yeah. people, like, they just, you know, they start looking for the next kid up when, you know, some people are like developers and, yeah. or, you know, they have a bit of bad luck injury-wise and, and miss those those early years when they're 20 and 21 and then, you know, they start to their straps when they're like 23 or 24. Yeah. I've played against so many players um, who are in the same bracket as me who just haven't got, got that opportunity, you know, yeah. and... I definitely think that there's a lot of uh, clubs who should, you know, take notice of those players that are a little bit older, 25, 26, in New South Wales, a couple of thriving because, you know, they've been around the block, they've played against men for a long time. And, you know, it's, but it's just, it's just the way the game's gone at the moment. They're just looking, everyone's looking for that next kid. So it's, yeah, like, I'm, I definitely think I was more ready now than I've ever been, just the maturity sort of thing Mm. on and off the field. Um, you know, there's a lot of players like that. Bronson Garlic, who I played with it at Newtown. He's another one. He, um,
0: yeah, I you agree. know.
3: His last couple of years, he was like he was the best second rower in New South Wales Cup yep. at the age of 26, and he, eventually, Melbourne picked him up. But it took so long. There's so many players like that out there.
0: Mate, random one. Easier or harder to make it with a famous surname, or didn't matter when you're coming through. Look, it's it's,
3: it's a bit of both, really. Like you cop a lot of criticism with that last name, yeah. Uh, just from you know. You always cop comments and stuff that you, you the only reason you hear is because of your dad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, also, you know, I had access to someone who's played 260 odd, yep. 61, 60, around that mark NRL games. I had access to that every single day. So I would definitely never change it. I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, we're really tight. He's the He's been the biggest influence in my career. And yeah, I wouldn't change that at all.
0: Appreciate the insight, legend. Good chat. Do it again soon, mate.
3: Yeah, mate, really appreciate it. Thank
0: you. The Dream Team episodes are next level. You can listen to them anytime because they don't date, and I reckon you disagree with all of them. It's the ultimate argument starter. Who's in your Dream Team? You can pick any player from any era, any team, and then combine them. You're the coach. Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Let's start with Shark Centre Jesse Ramian.
4: I've got big um, Andrew Fafida and Sammy Burgess.
0: Two beauties there.
4: Yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to play with, um, you know, big Andrew and, um, you know, I love, love the way he plays the game. You know, I love the way he goes, goes about his work and and whatnot, bro. So, yeah, and then as for Big Sammy is, you know, I think we all know what, how he plays and, and what he brings and, you know, the aggression and you know, I love that. So.
0: Mate, even though we can't do on the football field now what we used to be able to do and throw punches and, and you know, and, and bash all the time, there's still a place for that real aggression and that intimidation. You look at Talos, Burgess, Fafida, they've all got it. There's still room for that in the game now, isn't there?
4: Yeah, there definitely is, bro. You know, they've, it's, it's obviously changed a lot, you know, since since they come in, um, since they come into the NRL. But, you know, like you said, this, the, you can still do it. It's just that there's certain ways to do it now.
0: What about Hooker, mate? And who rounds out this side?
4: Yeah, at Hooker, I've got uh, Cam Smith. I
0: shouldn't yeah, even I think, ask anymore because I I think there's only been one dream team that he hasn't been a part of. But uh, you would have got to play against Cam on the field. Did he look as good as what he looked to us off the field?
4: Yeah, it's crazy. It's honestly like when you look at him to to think that he's played what is it four hundred games? Yep. In you know the middle of the park, being you know he's not the he's not the Biggest guy, he's not yeah. you know, he's a, not very muscly or thing, he's just, you know, he's he's footy smarts and he's just like he's just a complete different different style of, of footballer, bro. He's just, you know, all brains seems to come up with the right play at the right times. Yeah, hell of a player, bro.
0: We love our awesome sponsors, Oxworks. Check them out, oxworks.com.au Up next, the great man, I'm going to say back by popular demand, the great James Chico Seguiaro. I've gone for a person I grew up watching, loved. Um, I think
5: he's very – I don't think he gives an enough rats because obviously his generation, there was a lot of good fullbacks. So I've gone with Matty Bowen.
0: Terrific, mate, and you're not the first person to say that. I've got to say most guys – uh, I guess your age of you know they've lent towards Billy Slater, but Matty Bowen's got a lot of yeah. credit. There was a period of time where the <sighs> Bowen Thurston show was just the greatest show in oh, rugby league,
5: mate. And I've I've had the privilege to obviously, um, you know, being a part of that. Yeah, um, you know, going always a little bit to his back end, but just mate, the stuff I used to do him and see John, John Owen Mango at training, and you know, coming up as a kid. Been able to not only train mm. but play alongside him, and you know, obviously, a cop and sprays when you're a hooker as well. If you don't <laughs> pass him the ball, it was you know, it was one of the funniest thing too. And um, we ended up, yeah, I grew up with his um, cousins and stuff like that, so I okay. sort of knew him. But it was it was totally different from obviously knowing knowing him outside of footy to when you're training with him, rubbing shoulders every day. Yeah.
0: And he's like that at training, was, I've been told. Like he was just freaky at training, doing stuff that no one oh, else could do.
5: Mate, just, oh, just so, like even, you know, he's, everyone knows his dummies coming. He's just yeah. one of the, but it's just, it's not until you're face-to-face with him, you're just like, man, this guy's a, he's so like elusive, quick. It's just.
6: I yeah,
0: love it.
5: One, one minute's there, one minute's
0: gone. Okay, Matty Bowen is our fullback. What about our two wingers, buddy?
5: Uh, two wingers, these two blokes just inspired me ridiculously. Uh, I remember one uh, the number five here. I remember one game the the Australia team used to pay Papua New Guinea yeah. in Cairns. So I'm I'm a boy from Cairns and they used to have games up there and he um he came around and slapped everyone's hands. sort of and I, I he slapped my hand and I just like looked at my hands and said, I'm never taking, I'm never gonna wash my hands. So the number two number two and number
0: five were Lottie and Dell. Two uh, two wonderful wingers, two big big men. No, I don't think anyone oh. really appreciates how big Lottie Takiri is. I was with him a couple of weeks Mate. ago at Guns and Roses. He is a monster.
5: Yeah, huge, huge. I remember I um one of the one of my first years I played uh, when he played for Tigers. Yep, and um, um I played against him, but. The next day, he must have he stayed up there for a um, sponsors, sponsor's trip. So, you know, all the sponsors always used to go up to Townsville because yeah. it's trip away. So he took all the sponsors up there, and I seen him at one of the cafes. I went to touch his back. and It's like, oh, mate, I went to shake his hand and grab him on the
0: back. <laughs> he was just <laughs> – Bulk muscle on his back muscle on muscle. I was like, what? And it's huge, like tall. Plenty of episodes of Dream Team with some of the biggest names in footy, some cracking lists and explanations as well. Check the back catalogue of episodes and rip in. You can listen to any of our episodes or interviews at any time because none of them ever date, ever. Let's wind back the clock to our Legends Series interview with Sean Timmons. This one is an absolute belter. Well, fast forward to the end of 1998 and the end of the Steelers at NRL level. They became the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Again, you're still young here. What did you make of that somewhat forced marriage at the time?
6: Yeah, it was strange times too. It was uh, it was sort of sad. It was exciting. Um, both clubs, uh, I think, picked 12 to 13 players from each end and they got either asked to come into the merger or the rest got sort of moved on. So it was hard because we were really tight at the Steelers and half the squad pretty much got told they got to look elsewhere or go find a club. So that was difficult. Um, but on the other hand, it was quite exciting for the ones that did get asked uh, to be involved in it. So it was a huge time and yeah, a, a quite strange time uh, to be involved with it. But when we first um, yeah, it did merge. It was, mate, like I can remember the first couple of, we had a meeting. We met with them and I think we met with them at Camden or somewhere in a golf club and we had the coaches, Andrew Farah, David Waite, and both the sides there. And it was a bit of an awkward, bit of a standoff to start yeah. with. Both sides turned up and we had a meeting, but then we had a bit of a drink and a bonding session after it. You know, most league players alike, like, it doesn't take long to start to mingle and yeah. get on with each other. So it was quite exciting. And, mate, we had some talented players oh. in the side and, Still, weren't a young bloke like we had blokes like Mark Coyne, Australian Centre, Mary and Mundine and Brown and Barrett and Wishart and all these types of blokes. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was really exciting actually um, when we did start playing and training and end up a good
0: year. Yeah, it certainly did. And you look back at that side or that squad on paper now, what a footy team!
6: Yeah, I know. I think luckily they uh, there was some exemption, I suppose, for the salary cap. But you probably wouldn't get it in now. I think still to be able to do it, we've done that year. We lost our, I think we lost our first couple of trials, and we lost four in a row. So we were under the pump early, and then we, I think we had our first win at Canberra. It was either around four or five. I don't know. We would lost three or four or four yeah. in a row, but we had our win. I think uh, Wishy scored right on the bell, and we barred from kicked the goal to win. So and then from then right on, we just got a bit of confidence and started building momentum uh, to, throughout that year. and on a big run of winning games. So got to Sammy's and, um, yeah, we had Chalk and Ting, Nathan Blacklock and that, them blokes were on fire, but fortunate enough to yeah, go through into the grand final, but um, grand final day probably wasn't our day, or it was there for a while, but to have, I look back on it now and I'm still shattered, I think about it nearly every day, to, it was the only chance I got to play in a grand final, but to have it taken away from you like that, obviously, it probably was a penalty try, Ainsco did hit him higher, but... You sort of, as a young bloke, think you're going to get that opportunity again, but you don't. And I just remember seeing blokes in tears after it that were retiring, like Wishy and Brad Mackay and and these types of blokes, and that sort of rocked me a little bit, but uh, still I look back and fortunate enough i got to play in a grand final. There's 110,000 there.
0: And another guy that's joined us on the podcast is former Eels and New Zealand skipper, the Mahara, Nathan Kalis. Born and bred in Australia, really proud New Zealand family. Yep. We're in the black ear country. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the family? Yeah, the, that was a big part of my decision to play for New Zealand was to
7: represent mm. uh, not only my family back in New Zealand but mum and dad. Yeah. the the um, They were shocked. They were actually really shocked when I made the decision to play for New Zealand. They didn't think I would do that. They thought I was just going to play for Australia and, and all yep. of that. But they were really shocked. But uh, what I was proud of was... Um, the way that my parents moved over from Australia, they moved for my brother and I. They they knew they wanted to have a family and they wanted to move from New Zealand to Australia to give us the best opportunity that we could that we could have. And you know it turned out turned out really well for us. But mm. I know my mum, she really struggled with it. She was from a family of ten brothers and sisters, multi family, very close. Yeah, and she really struggled without them. But they they had to make a big sacrifice. Dad moved over. He was working three jobs at some at one point to. Sort of get us going. Yeah. Uh, we never went without anything. My brother and I shared a bedroom till we were six. Till I was sixteen, he was fourteen. Uh, we grew up in a little house in Granville, and I remember the um, we were moving out. And we were looking to sell the house, and we had this little hallway. And my brother and I used to just play tackle footy in this hallway. <laughs> and everyone's seen that movie Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know how he's got the poster over the hole, so where um, yeah. old mate had chipped the hole. Yep. Yeah. Our house was like that. So we had – there were all these holes in the fibro wall. My dad just wallpapered over the top of these holes and just left the holes in the wall. Calus we moved marks. out,
0: Yeah, we moved out and
7: went, oh, man, I wonder what those people <laughs> were thinking that moved in.
0: Any episode, anytime, download The Lot of Them Legends. We've got you covered. Here's a short interview with the great AJ Brimson from about 18 months ago. Dropping on into the Weekly Watch, a guy who can play a variety of positions but has certainly found his home at number one, Titans fullback AJ Brimson, if I had to ask you why fullback is the fit for you, what do you reckon would be the answer?
8: Uh, I think to keep it simple, I just get to play play footy and run the ball. I don't have to worry about trying to organise too many things or orchestrate anything. I just kind of I like getting told um, the shape and, um, yeah, I just get to play eyes up footy.
0: What position do you play the majority of your junior footy? Because you, you have been all over the park basically.
8: Yeah, um, I reckon I would have played up until I was I haven't played I only played fullback for the first time in um under twenties. So wow. I was all in the halves. I was always in the halves as a six, always practicing kicking and that sort of stuff. And then due to a couple of injuries in twenties um and depth of halves, I ended up uh Ben Wolf put me back there for a couple of games. My first game was absolutely horrible. I had no idea what I was doing, I didn't know anything <laughs> about numbering. Uh, and it's been honestly the story of uh, my career. I, even in 2018, started off in the halves at, at Tweed, went back to fullback. Uh, he kind of had Ben Wolf again on the cup side, and he just kind of realised I just need to run the footy. I didn't, yep. I didn't really need to be stressing too much. And then debuted in the NRL as a half, and then Michael Gordon got injured uh, that year, and I played the last four games. 2019, started the year as a half, played a bit of 14, and then he got injured again ended up playing fullback. And I think finally, 2020, I got a pre-season at fullback, which is what I wanted. And um, obviously, I only played half a year, but I felt really comfortable back there.
0: You touched on it there, probably the most important aspect of a fullback's play that doesn't get a lot of recognition in the media. You've got to be a real talker, and you're you're organising the defence. You're pointing numbers and, and tipping off
8: got the dog going outside uh it's a um it's a massive job that i'm genuinely still learning um, Okay, i've got i've got jimmy dimmick there um the defensive coach and he every day he's sending me video clips and he's he's you know spraying me if i need to get sprayed for <laughs> standing on a short side when i don't need to be there or getting yep. too many numbers to one side or vice versa but um there's so many little things that <clears throat> people would never notice when it comes to numbering and um you know, just general support play and just all, oh, there's a lot of little things that make a great fullback, which I obviously look at because when I watch the great Teddy, although Tedesco, Troy, which when which when I watch, you know, I watch them when they do their numbering and that, cause that's on my mind, but no one else would ever really, um, you know, fans would ever really look at that sort of stuff, but there's a lot to learn back there and I'm, I'm still learning it. The
0: new rules fullback is covering so much more ground than ever. It seems. Do you agree?
8: Oh yes, I uh my calf cramps agree with that.
0: <laughs> Is it just cardio mate? Is it everyone's going to have to make adjustments to these new rules and faster games?
8: Yeah, it's 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 going to be a very fast game, especially this year coming up. So uh there's no more kicking out for a scrum, so it's just going to be I think the the strongest and fittest team, will, I think, will be will go far.
0: Thanks for dropping in, young fella. Always cool chatting footy with you. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it.
1: Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg and with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing you're sure to find a combination unlike any other and they'll let you on for plenty so if you want to get the top odds every time download the app today and bet your way top that visit topsport.com.au Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: And joining us from Top Sport, the CEO, Tristan Murlihan. What a time of year for all of us. Uh, The premiership market, mate, in the NRL, I'll set the scene. The Penrith Panthers at $2.40. The Brisbane Broncos, $3.10. The Melbourne Storms, $6. Then it's the New Zealand Warriors on the fourth line at $12. Newcastle is $17. The Roosters, $21. The Sharks, $34. The Raiders and one uh where is the money coming is it is it still all systems go for the panthers mate
9: sort of yeah we, we've we've taken more bets on the panthers than any other team in the comp but they've been so firm all year they're actually we're probably one of the only operators i'd suspect in the country at the moment we've got a black figure next to their name so there's slight winners for us at the moment but i do anticipate that will change we normally lay the favorites with one of the afl teams in some multis as you get into this last four weeks um the Broncos were the best back team all season for us. Uh, they were $21 at the start where we took a couple of sizable bets at that and they've just firmed up nearly every week. So they've been very impressive. They're our biggest losers at the moment. And then the one that I thought I dodged and I, I thought we had the money in the bank was the Roosters where they were the best back team in the preseason and they looked done and dusted there four weeks ago and they've been on this amazing run. And now they're they're just snuck into the top eight. They're twenty one dollars, but they're for us still a bad result. So if they could win a couple of our uh, games, then we get a little get a little bit nervous there, I think.
0: Four games this weekend. We'll run through them. Brisbane Broncos a dollar fifty nine, Melbourne Storm two thirty five. Much change in the market here since coming up Tuesday.
9: Yeah, there's obviously a lot of talk surrounding Melbourne's record against the Broncos. We opened the line at four, just taking into account there where I thought maybe the money might come for the storm in this game, but there was a push for the Broncos. It's gone four flat out to four and a half. But I think this is going to be a very, very betting, a uh, very good betting game. I think there's going to be punters on both sides of the ledger here.
0: On Saturday, the first game is Penrith at a dollar nineteen, the New Zealand Warriors four seventy five, suggesting that the Warriors dream is over.
9: Ah, uh, it is that but there, there has there has been betting uh, support for the Panthers through all multi since we've opened it up. They've gone a dollar twenty four into a dollar nineteen, the line's gone twelve and a half out to thirteen and a half. but the worry is they can throw the kitchen sink at Penrith here. If they happen to get beat, they get a home final in week two. So this is their chance to put everything on the line, and you know with no Luai there for Penrith it's probably their best chance of getting an upset.
0: I don't know which way to go here, and I'm figuring you don't <laughs> either. The shark's a dollar ninety five, the roosters a dollar eighty five.
9: Yeah, well, we actually opened it at a dollar ninety. Take your pick because we had absolutely no idea which way to go. There has been a little bit of a push for the Roosters. They are into that slight favouritism now, but yeah, definitely uh, anyone's game there. The Roosters one eighty five. The Sharkies one ninety five.
0: Unbelievable value across those first three games. No matter which of the six sides you sort of fancy, and I think again on Sunday, Newcastle Knights to keep the dream alive. at dollar twenty one. 21, the Canberra Raiders four forty five. Where's the money going?
9: I think all Knights fans were very happy to see Kalen Ponga named in that side because there was a little bit of doubt over whether he would play. Um, that caused the line to go from eleven and a half out to twelve and a half, and a dollar twenty-five into a dollar twenty-one. The Knights—they've been so impressive the last few weeks, but can't play that finals type of football. You never know if they could get a jump on the Knights early. They were right in that game against the Sharks last week until the send-off as well. So. They are very, very rough, the Raiders, but you never know. Stranger things have happened in finals footing.
0: Okay, two new markets, my friend. Finals top point scorer, finals top try scorer. Let's look at the point scorer, Nathan Cleary at 290, Adam Reynolds at 380. They're the obvious ones. Then it goes down to Sean Johnson at 750, Kalen Ponga, Nick Meaney, Ryan Pappenhausen, Joseph Suali'i, Nico Hines and Jamal Fogarty. Basically the goal kickers ideally what us investors are looking at here is the side that's not going to get the week off. Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds, short odds, but both potentially have that week off, mate.
9: Yeah, it's a really tricky conundrum because it, you would you would assume that Penrith or the Broncos probably play those three games, whereas there is a possibility that maybe Sean Johnson or the likes of uh, one of the Melbourne players can play four um, but then they they could get knocked out in straight sets, and then you got that added dilemma with uh, the the storm. Who's going to take the kicking responsibilities at all the time for for Meany and Papenhausen? So it's a really interesting market, um, and he is the firm favourite. The uh, the one that actually we've seen a little bit of support for is Kalen Ponga. Yeah. He's been nine dollars into eight. Um, obviously, punters thinking that if they if they could rack up a score against the uh, the Raiders this weekend, they are the, the shortest price favourite. In, in in addition to the. Um, the Panthers, and he could maybe score a couple of tries and then get through week two, then maybe he's a chance of of getting the results at a nice price.
0: Good, sir. On this next one, finals top try scorer, you have my full attention. I reckon this is the market of all markets. Brian Tao and Selwyn Cobbo at $7. Then it's DWZ, Dom Young, and Stephen Crichton at twelve. If you want to look a little bit further, Will Warbrick is at $19. Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, at $26. Reese Walsh at $34. James Tedesco at $51. Again, ideally you'd like someone to play all the games and not take a week off, but what a market this is.
9: This is a cracky market because, yeah, you've got to try to work out all those same conundrums that you've got in that point scorer market. Toho and Cobbo are the firm favourites. You know, again, the the Knights has been where the money's come for. Dominic Young's been back from 15 into 12. Again, with a theory that maybe he could score a few tries against yeah. the Raiders in week one. I suppose the Panthers are a chance because it is a little bit different to the point screen markets. So that if, if you do happen to get one of those games where there is a decent score put on the other side, then that might kick a kicker a player clear, which is why total is so short. So yeah, the other player that they've backed as well at really big odds is they've looked at a couple of the Sharks players Uh, Mulitalo and Katoa. They've been well-backed 61 into 41 and 81 into 67, respectively. But, yeah, it is a lottery. Jump on there and see which player you like and which player you fancy, and you'll get plenty of value about it.
0: i got one eye, a good eye, on Dylan Edwards at $34. He's one of those guys that... Every chance that he just grabs two or three on his dream run. Mate, our free bet this week and Top Sport donate a $100 free bet for charity every week. Our chosen charity is the Ricky Stewart Foundation and we're going two upsets or two teams with the start. So margin bets, we've got the Storm plus four and a half, the Raiders plus 12 and a half, please, sir.
9: Yeah, that gets us to three dollars forty-two. So a hundred on that at three forty-two. I like both those options. I think the Storm are a massive chance of getting the upset against the Broncos, and I think that Raiders game that's going to be a lot tighter than what people think in finals footy. So a hundred on that at three dollars forty-two.
0: Tristan, it's not just the rugby league; there is sport coming out of our, you know, wares, but Saturdays races. What a time of year this is!
9: It's an absolutely fantastic time of year. We've got. Group one racing. Actually, there's there's plenty of group two racing on this weekend. Then the group one's really starting to ramp up after this weekend. But just having a look at a few of the features, um, all the markets will be up very shortly today. But the run to the Rose, you've got the Ming Dynasty, the Theo Marks. It's an absolute cracking uh, weekend of racing. Just keep an eye out on Monday or Tuesday, though, for the early markets. I've got a little share in a horse called Summer Lovin'. It's run very, very well over the last couple of weeks, charging home to just miss the placings in its last couple of starts it's stepping up to 1400 next weekend so not this weekend next weekend so check out the early prices monday tuesday i think it's going to be very very hard to beat That's summer love and it'll be in the sydney races there
0: oh i like the sound of that because i've um, i've been watching summer love with you and very very impressive mate it is always a pleasure have a wonderful weekend enjoy your footy and we'll do it all again next week Time for a quick chat with the Premiership winner, Premiership ring, Jamie Soward. What is your official title at the Dragons for 2023? Because you're working with both the men and the women.
10: Yeah, so I was originally hired last year as NRLW head coach, and that's my main role. This year in 2023 is NRLW head coach. Um, And then in part of that, uh, I guess, you know, working with Hook uh, on radio and, and at the Panthers was. Yeah, my passion to to be able to help young players and, and also halves. So I work with the men's in an assistant-assistant role. Um, yeah, I'm reffing one day, I'm carrying the drinks, I'm helping the kickers, I'm helping Zach Lomax with his goal kicking. So, you know, I do a little bit of more of the attack side of things with the NRL squad, but my main role is, uh, is NRLW head coach.
0: Head coach, is that um, a genuine career option or... Are you still trying to find your way and your fit? Because I've been lucky enough to spend a whole lot of time with you over the last fifteen years. You're an elite rugby league IQ guy, uh, but it's not for everyone. Not everyone wants to go down that path. It, are you still undecided, or do you know where you want to go?
10: Yeah, it's it's a great question. You know, we've known each other for a long time, and I think you know when I finished, I wanted to go and enjoy life, yeah. and and have those life experiences, and you know, it was important for me to have kids before I started coaching so that I knew what it was like if the girls didn't sleep and how a player reacted and um, all that kind of stuff. So now that I've been in the women's space, I'm really loving, enjoying learning. Uh, It's like I've started my career over again, so I'm enjoying that part of it. What the future holds, I'm not really sure. Um, I do know that I love coaching um, at the Dragons in the women's space at the moment and, and seeing some of these young girls get their first taste of rugby league on the big level and it takes me back to when I started. So a head coach, I'm not sure, but um, I know that you know, I'm still very young and, and still experiencing a lot of that. And, yeah, you know, from last year having two seasons and then now trying to create a roster and stuff, I'm, I'm learning a lot really, really quickly. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm loving what I'm doing now.
0: Coaching, how similar, how different do they do it from club to club, mate? Um in terms of all 17 clubs, are are they running same shapes, structures, same messages? Because at times I wait for the next evolution of the game, and whilst there's been a changing of the rules and everyone's caught up with that, I haven't seen that next massive evolution of the game for a few seasons now.
10: Yeah, you're probably right there, Andy. I think, yeah, when you look back at, at the Dragons in 2010 when we won, the style... Uh, was very dour in terms of our attack was get to a point for a play and I'd like to think that it's changed, but it sort of hasn't a mm-hmm. little bit. the game's certainly faster and and um yeah, there's definitely more skill, but I don't know if the the systems have changed too much, so you're probably right there. Uh, most clubs are running in the same sort of shape, so I think it's you know it's become a bit of who can do it longer yeah the, the who can do it for best the longest yeah. is going to win and and cycles and we talk about. Going set for set and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think that'll ever change, but yeah, you know, certainly that mental uh, battle has become more increasingly, you know, valuable because if you lose a bad kick or a bad cycle at the moment, the game's gone. Yeah. And I don't think that was like that. So I think that evolution's definitely changed it. But you know, when we were calling together and you you know, when I was playing, you could wrestle it back within a set. Yep. Now it might take you ten minutes.
0: So you played to a structure, to a degree, but you played eyes up footy and you're allowed to. You're allowed to play what was in front of you. Cameron Munster does it very successfully at the moment, but I can't say that about all the playmakers in the game. It's been coached into them playing to a certain structure. Is there still room in this wonderful game to play eyes up footy without being scared of the coach kicking your ass? Uh,
10: Yeah, I think, look, the, the eyes up footy has always been a, a weird one for me because I never, when I was playing my best, I wasn't really thinking; yeah. I was just playing. And I think when you, you can see when Cameron Munster's on, everyone goes, "Oh, he's in the zone." He probably doesn't even know he's in the zone. He just yeah. goes out there and plays, and yeah, you know, um, what give takes what the defense gives him. Um, I think I was probably a bit guilty of coaching it out of some of my girls in my first season. Okay. In my self reflection of trying to stay into the plan a little bit rather than let them learn some mistakes. And, you know, that's one thing I'll be taking into this season is, you know, I've got to let them learn a little bit on the run. And, you know, maybe maybe that's a training, maybe that's a one-on-one, but you've got to be able to do that because there's room there for the game to be structured, to have a plan. But I think it's what you do with that plan is the next part. Because I look at a guy like Jerome Hughes and people would say, yeah, we've watched Jerome Hughes blossom into one of the best halfbacks I think this NRL yeah has ever seen mm-hmm. in terms of transformations. We talk about Lockyer, we talk about those guys, Ben Hornby that went from one to seven. Yeah, he was a guy who went one to utility to seven. And with the structure that he plays with, you wouldn't think it's structure because he plays so openly and so um, yeah majestically in the yeah. way that he runs and, and the way that he kicks. And I think for like three tackles, he's he's directing the team. You know, for two tackles, he's supporting the ball. And then the last tackle, he puts that kick up. So in a sense, that eyes up footy hasn't gone anywhere. Mm. I think it's just been changed a little bit to be a bit more, um, you yeah, know, structured but also opportunistic. And and guys like Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster, you know, certain Jerome Lilloy, you know, those guys certainly have got it.
0: Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want, ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on Swish at swish.com. Our guest has played two tests for Samoa. That was back in 2016. He also represented the Maori All-Stars for the first time pre-season in 2022. Aaron Clark, what were those experiences like, mate? What stands out?
11: Um, I think the Samoa one was uh, what really stood out to me was I hadn't played first grade yet. Yep. Um, I was only 18. And what I remember was knowing that I'm going up against, like, um, seasoned first grade players. So that was definitely something I, I was looking forward to. Um, yeah, it was, Yeah, it was definitely something that buzzed me out. I bet. Being this 18-year-old, never played first grade, playing against Fafida, those type of players, it's definitely definitely a buzz.
0: Born in Auckland uh, with both Māori and Samoan family lines, where was your schooling and your junior footy background, mate? Where did you play? Uh,
11: High school, I went to Manirua High, um, played junior footy at the Manirua Marlins, Um, definitely hopped around a bit, but when I went back home after the, the two stints at the Warriors in Canberra, I, played, I did, went back and played for the Marlins again. Mm. So I actually thanked them for lighting that fire again to find my passion for footy again.
0: The Marlins, a hugely famous junior club in New Zealand. The Bromwich Boys, uh, Greg Eastwood back before your time, Joey Nullivar, just some of the names. You might not have played with them, but did you see those young blokes as juniors?
11: Uh, nah, I didn't actually. No. I was, I never really thought of making anything out of footy until the back end. Okay. So I never really watched it, and I didn't stick around the local local parts much. But playing with Kenny and the Maldys, that was pretty cool.
0: I like, bet it was.
11: You kind of you got uh, mutual friends, and he knows people that I know mm. from back home. So that's pretty cool. So yeah.
0: The Mighty Gold Red and Black. I think it's actually the biggest junior club in New Zealand. Does that sound right?
11: Yeah, it is. I think, I think, mini mod, anything under the top side. Yeah, they got the biggest development coming up to it there. So.
0: Cool. Look back at the early days. Appreciate it, legend.
11: Ah, oh, cheers, Andy. Thank you.
0: This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with Storm Captain Christian Welsh. This is from Storm Sarah on Instagram. What's the best Craig Bellamy blow up? And have you been on the end of a beauty yet?
4: Best Craig Bellamy blow up. Um,
9: I've had a couple, nothing too major. I think that's the best sign at the storm is if you're
4: if you're not speaking of bells are too much, it means you're going to ride. And if you're not getting asked to go to his office, you're actually going all right. So I think the less less is more at yeah. uh, the Storm.
9: Um, you know, some of these... Uh, it doesn't, I sort of don't have a whole lot of sprays that are that memorable, but I remember we were playing the Broncos, and I think it was Justin Hodges' 300, and his pre-game speech was outstanding. Yeah. He was, um, you know, he's going, righto, boys. You know, the Bronx... They're having a party tonight. You know, this is Justin Hodges' party. Brisbane's having a party. We're celebrating Hodges. you know what we're going to do? We're going to crash this party, boys. We're going to ruin this party at Suncorp tonight. And I think we had – I think we won by about 30. So, you know, he he does have a spray, but he knows how to motivate uh, a group of men as well.
0: And the chainsaw, Andrew McCulloch. From the western suburbs, Juice King, and this is pretty to the point, who's the best young hooker in the game and why in your eyes?
6: How, oh, how well. oh I don't,
2: if you want to put Harry in that situation, I guess. Or if you want to go younger, I guess Harry. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's pretty easy there. But, yeah, coming through, I'm not too sure. Young guys coming through this at this stage. Um, You know, Jake Turbin was at the Bronx and I was there. But, you know, in regards to players in the cop, you have to probably say Harry, yeah.
0: Aussie footy shorts. Footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. footy-shorts.com.au. Have you checked out the social media and the new releases? These are footy shorts with pockets. The greatest invention ever. Fuck the slice bread cliche. These are way better. So much better that the next great invention will be termed The greatest invention since pockets were put in footy shorts. That's how good these are. Check out Aussie footy shorts on Insta and Facey Legends. Aussie footy shorts. Footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Shorts for any occasion. footy-shorts.com.au just a quick one here. Brayden hamlin Uelli is pinned against the wall in front of me. One question only. What are backs good for? Um, collecting dust and looking pretty. Uh, well, um, yep. Love it, legend. Chat again soon. we Will do. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work... Maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. This week's winner of the unfiltered cap is Christian Howard from Toowoomba in Queensland. It's a ripping review on Apple Podcasts and legend... You deserve the trucker's cap. It is on its way. Another cracking episode done. Now all is left to do is for us to weave our magic wand and come up with some delicious same-game multis over the weekend. I reckon there's some jam this week. Do it with top sport, of course. Enjoy your footy on the weekend and catch you back here next week for some Rugby League Super Pod where we're taking shit to a whole new level. Uh, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last.